on a warm summer's evening on a train bound for nowhere i met up with a gambler we were both too tired to sleep so we took turns of staring out the window at the darkness the boredom overtook us and he began to speak he said son i've made a life out of reading people's faces and knowing what the cards were by the way they held their eyes so if you don't mind my saying i can see you're out of aces for a welcome back boys and girls to another sweet edition of detention live um, i'm your host mr schroeder and i'm as always joined by the lovely mr murray thanks mr schroeder low expectations as usual yes uh of the all-time greatest times in your life, Mr. Murray, this will probably rank 14th, maybe 15th. So today is a special episode because we don't have just one guest. We have two guests, award-winning author, Pulitzer Prize-winning author, Miss Harpster. Hi, everyone. Welcome. And known geologist and geographist, Miss Van Alstyne. Hi, everybody. Okay, how are you both? How are you two doing? Fantastic. Well, it's about to get worse. So, we are, you probably have so many better things to do other than this, but we really appreciate you being here. So, we are going to get kicked off with our first subject of the day guidance. Mr. Murray, take us home. We actually have a, a fan who has been asking us questions that we haven't been able to answer. But luckily, we do have one of the two guests today with some experience now in this, uh, in this area that can hopefully answer this fan's questions. So we're going to call the fan real quick, and he is going to ask Mrs. V some questions. So I'll dial his number now. Yes, hello. Yes. Hey there, Herbert. How are you doing? Ah, uh, Mr. Murray. It's, it's actually Horace. Oh, uh, my apologies. That's okay. Hey, is uh, Miss Ben Alstyne there? Yep. Uh, she is here to answer your questions. So, uh, Miss Van Alstyne, I recently heard that you had a baby. I did. Now, I have trouble changing my diapers from time to time. Do you find that to be the case with your baby? Does your baby change its own diapers? Yeah, actually, she came out changing her own diapers. Mr. Murray asked me shortly after she was born if she knew any tricks, and that is what she learned in, in utero, is how to change her own diapers. Well, that's pretty impressive, you know, seeing that your daughter is, what, one month old and that uh, our guest caller is 78? Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I suffer from, uh, uh, well, yeah, I am 78, and I served in Vietnam, and I suffer from short-term... Uh, did you guys hear about that coronavirus thing going on? Yeah, Horace, but let's, uh, let's try to keep on, on topic because you had some, some questions to ask Miss V, and I really wanted to make sure that you got them all answered. Can you remember any more questions? 
What do you do to get your baby to sleep? I do a lot of rocking and I have this beautiful swaddle that looks like a starfish. So I zip her in that and she sleeps. Maybe you should try a starfish swaddle. Do, those make, do they make those for 78-year-old men like me? You know what? I think they do. I'm not much of a starfish guy. Do they have like lions or tigers or bears? <laughs> yeah, oh absolutely. Also flying squirrels. Ah, now that's an animal. Um, question, what type of food do you feed your baby? Because I have to be on a soft food diet. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that's a challenge. She currently just drinks a lot of formula. And I will tell you, I don't know that I recommend eating it because one time she spit it at my face and I tasted it and it was awful. Yeah, I've heard that stuff smells and tastes like the plague. And yeah. I know a thing or two about the plague because I lived through it. That must have been some time in your life. Oh, those are the days. So Horace, any, any last minute questions for Miss V before we move on to the next segment? Not that I can think of, Mr. Murray. I really do appreciate you taking my dear phone call. No problem. Anything for a friend of the show. We, we appreciate it, Horace. Thank you. Well, that was a very interesting call um, from Horace. Uh, thank you, Ms. Van Alstein, for fielding his questions. We are going to start off with, well, not start off, because starting off would be the first thing, and this is the second, so that makes no sense. We're actually going to continue with uh, history, and we are lucky enough to have a history teacher and a Pulitzer Prize-winning author in Ms. Harpster, so they have plenty of historical topics to discuss. Mr. Murray, um, any historical topics or stories that you would like to talk about with our listeners? Well, yeah. You know, when I think of history, I think of my own personal history, which brings up a lot of cringeworthy, embarrassing, humiliating stories that, quite frankly, keep me up at night still in my late 20s. So, you know, I, I figured maybe we can go around and share some of our own personal history today. So I'll start. Seventh grade was the year, last day of school. I was excited. Uh, I was excited to start summer break, um, do seventh grade Grayson stuff. And I was, I think it was the last period of the day, and I was walking down the middle school stairs. No, I'm sorry. I was running down the middle school stairs because I was excited again to get out. And of course, I tripped and fell down all of them. At the bottom of the stairs were three eighth graders who witnessed the whole thing. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say. So I looked them in the eye and I just sprinted. I just ran, just <laughs> ran away. And then I started crying, but no one saw me cry. So then, you know, what ended up supposed to be being like a great day that I was looking forward to, like I thought about that my whole summer, like that was how my summer started. It was already ruined from, you know, the last day of school. So, you know, that still keeps me up, up at night. Like why couldn't I have like owned it or like got up and laughed, to, you know, with the eighth graders? Like, wow, wow, yeah, that, like I look like an idiot there. So why don't you guys share some stories? Uh, Miss Harpster, what do you think? What, what's a story you have? 
Okay, so this might be a, you had to be there to fully understand it. Um, as Mr. Schroeder mentioned, I'm also a prize winning author. You can read about this in my memoir. Yep. Um, but my memory is also from seventh grade. My science first off, he had, just to describe him a little bit, a very long rat tail, um, braided ponytail. He would sometimes like stick Sharpies in his eyes lesson. So he was very dramatic and over the top. And he had foot surgery and then came back to school in one of those walking casts. And so we were doing an experiment in science with a long um, tape measure. And so my partner had one end of the tape measure and I was walking backwards with the other and I stepped on his, he had just had surgery on. And dramatically he like leapt backwards, lifted his leg, grabbed his foot and he was like, oh, oh, oh. And he was being so over the top that we thought he was kidding. But no, he was serious. I like stepped on his foot and apparently heard it really bad. And in seventh grade, I was like 95 pounds. <laughs> so I didn't really think I could hurt him. But yeah, I kind of wanted to just like crawl in the locker for the rest of the school year. And you know, the other kids were like, yeah, did you hear Nikki Harpster broke Mr. <laughs> so-and-so's foot? Yeah. Rebroke exactly. it. And like at first, like we all kind of like chuckled and then we realized he was serious and everyone was like, <gasps> And I was just like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And I didn't even know what else to say to him. You definitely got the reputation where like, if kids were coming your way and were on crutches or in a wheelchair, they immediately just turn around and went the other way because they didn't want to be bullied by you. Yeah, exactly. I think the story actually like traveled to the high school because then we had a math teacher who rode around on a scooter and he would, you know, obviously <laughs> stay clear with me in the hallway. It would like part like the Red Sea, you know. That's awesome. <laughs> well, I have, Shorter, what about you? I, yeah, I, mine is also middle school. Middle school is just a rough time. I think for everybody, um, it's not enjoyable for anybody. And if anybody tells you that it's enjoyable, they're lying. So I was sitting in choir class surrounded by a bunch of people. Like we were just talking and all of a sudden, you know, we're shooting the breeze, chit chatting, laughing, because we weren't singing why I don't know looking back I really wish we were singing at the time but we're all sitting around congregating talking and I just all of a sudden sneezed and did not know it but like just snot and boogers were like hanging and I look up and like all these people just immediately start laughing at me and I'm like what what's going on well then I I realized that I had snot and boogers all over my face and it was traumatizing to be honest with you. So, like and was that like in your younger seven, like K through 12 years uh, or was that like as a teacher, like two years ago? No, I, um, that, that was in middle school. Uh, the last time I would say I've done it and nobody, I mean, yeah, that's the last time I've done it and somebody's actually seen it. It's happened multiple times after that, but luckily no one's caught it. What about you, Mrs. V? Do you have any good cringe-worthy stories for us? I do, but all of mine are from um, like high school era. So the one that is coming to mind. For all you listeners out there, we're joined by a third guest, Mrs. Van Alstyne's baby. And I'm not revealing her name. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, 
So 10th grade sophomore English class, first of all, worst class I've ever been in. So thank you English teachers for not sucking as much as mine did. Um, <laughs> we sat, you know, in like the typical like rows of desks and I sat against the wall because that's where I slept often. And the kid that sat directly to my left had a habit of having like super saggy pants all the time. He was kind of nerdy, um, band geek like me. Um, so I was kind of friends with him, but I got tired of seeing his boxers and he kept falling asleep one day. And I thought that I needed to be the one to call him out, even though I had probably also been sleeping. So I was telling him like, hey Fritz, you need to wake up, dude, wake up. And then I looked at him and his, like his pants were super saggy. So then I was yelling like, Jason, pull your pants up. And he was not responding to me. Nothing I was saying, he was not responding. So I said, dude, are you freaking deaf? I'd missed the blue hearing aid oh. in his ear. And so literally everyone else in that class was like, wow, Kate what a butthead like yes the poor kid is in fact deaf in the ear that you're yelling in so i actually saw him and his wife like seriously two weeks ago um when we were doing our walmart pickup for our groceries and i looked over i have not seen him since i graduated and i waved at him no response did not respond to me i would like to think he just doesn't recognize me also could be scarred because i'm a jerk you know, Mr. Murray, at the beginning of this, I said that our two guests would like be the best we've ever had. But I think we have one that pushes kids on crutches down and then we have one that makes fun of deaf people. So the secondhand cringe is real right now. Like that yeah. makes me up, Mrs. V. Like that might keep me up tonight. I'm sorry. Miss Harpster, Mrs. Van Alstein. Those are two great stories. Cringeworthy. For sure. Yeah, definitely. All right, kids. Uh, third subject of the day, philosophy. Uh, we are going to pose some would you rather questions for the panel to answer. And I think I will start off, if you guys don't mind. Uh, this question, uh, we play Would You Rather quite often in my household, and usually uh, my three-year-old references poop at some point because that's just what he does. He's also known as the turd burglar for those of you that have been routine listeners on our podcast. But our seven-year-old the other day posed this question, would you rather stick your face in an ant pile, fire ants, for one minute? or stick your face in snow for an hour. Oh God, all right. And I don't know what's more disturbing, the question or the fact that my seven-year-old came up with that, but. How long is it with the fire ants again? Uh, I can't remember if you said one minute. We'll go, we'll go 15 seconds, because one minute is a long time. 15 seconds fire ants, or one hour with your face in snow. I've heard of people getting like their hands frostbit or your, their feet frostbit, but like, what about your face? Like, how does that even work? I, here's, do you want to know the answer I gave my son? Yes. I said snow because I figure if I breathe enough, the snow around me will melt. 
Dude, if you guys have ever been to Florida, like fire ants are no joke. They, excuse my language, suck. And they'd be like all over in your ears, everywhere. So here's a question. Can I headbutt the fire ants? Killing yep. all of them in three little quick. I mean, you can't, lift, you can't lift your face out of the fire ant hill or pile, you know. So it's just bare, you're burying your face in a fire ant hill. Okay. You don't have those kind of headbutting skills anyways. Yeah, that's, yeah. You want to find out? <laughs> First threat on the show. I like it. Yep. Um, I would go with the, I'd go with the snow. Um, I feel like I'm going to, there's going to be a hospital stay no matter what. I just feel like the snow yeah. would build might be a little uh, more graceful, more forgiving. Okay. Ms. Harper, Mrs. B, what do you think? What would you do? I think that without uh, Mr. Schroeder's rationale about like his like breath melting the snow, I was going to say ants, but I think that I like the snow because also my nose might run. So like I might have snot that can help the melting process. There you go. Didn't even think of that. I don't know. I feel like my skin's pretty warm. It could melt the snow. Right. I'm going snow. I'm going Ms. Harpster? Snow. Snow. snow? Yep. So nobody's taking the fire ants, huh? Well, you know, Mrs. Harpster, Miss Harpster's cold-blooded, as we found out from, you know, last subject when he we found out she rebroke that guy's <laughs> foot or whatever. Yeah. So snow's not gonna bother her. Exactly. It's her climate. She's That's like a tree right. frog, you know. <laughs> um, so let me ask you guys a question. Would you rather have a beak for the rest of your life or walk around on all fours forever? A beak, definitely. I'm not gonna walk around on all fours. But think yeah. about how you would eat and think about how that would look to other people. I don't care about what I look like to other people. I'm not shallow like that, Mr. Murray. Cared enough down the walking on all fours idea, so. <laughs> True, but I think maybe eating with a beak would be a good diet. I don't know, you'd eat a limited number of food. So you, so like I this beak, you're eating out of it, you're speaking, everything's done through like a bird. You look like a bird. Correct, yeah. yeah. But at least I'm standing up. That's a good point. Um, okay. Man, that's a that's a tough one because I feel like I enjoy walking on my two feet, but I always think to myself like cats, dogs, cheetahs, like they're super fast and they're on four legs. Like I could maybe run faster if I was on all fours, but it would look weird if I'm like on all fours, like an animal, but I'm like trying to talk to you with my head up in the air. You know what I mean? I'm like on all fours. Walking, you're walking around your classroom. Not anymore. You're crawling around. <laughs> It'd be terrifying. Right. Like, the hallways would just clear and Mr. Shorter would be galloping <laughs> down it like a horse. Galloping down the hallways. Could you, you just like, you're walking around your classroom and then you just like pop your head up on a desk, like your head right there and just talking to a student. Then you just gallop away. Right. I would, I would probably go with all fours for the rest of my life just for the sheer awkwardness and it would make for some really hilarious moments. Also, I'd like to point out that Mr. Murray's not going to headbutt me if I have a beak. 
That's very, that is true. Yeah. I, if I headbutted the back of your head, I'm not sure if that's still a headbutt, but I, I don't know. <laughs> the, uh, I would probably go with the beak. I feel like it does kind of help you in ways. Um, it could work as a, you know, a tool. If you're doing a DIY project, you can crack open stubborn <laughs> nuts with it. I mean, there's pros and there's definitely pros there. Mrs. V, what do you think? I think I'm definitely going to go with a beak. Um, similar to Miss Harpster, I feel like I would have a limited diet. I still have some baby weight to take off. So give me a beak. Maybe I won't be able to eat all the pizza. Also, I feel like great defense mechanism, right? Like I can peck people's eyes out or something. <laughs> That's a good point. Kids are going to be transferring, seeing Mrs. V running around with a beak and Mr. Schroeder running around in all fours. That's like nightmare recipe right there. I'll tell you what, if, if we ever get back to school, I'm just the very first day we get back. If anybody listens to this podcast, I'm just going to walk into school on all four <laughs> and the feet just freak, freak kids out. I will very gladly wear a party hat around my face. To <laughs> yeah. Kids are, kids are going to see Mr. Schroeder crawl, crawling in and be like, Oh, Mr. Schroeder must've got possessed by a demon over the break over summer break. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> and it's lunchtime. The four of us are sitting around the lunch table now. And as you know from past episodes, this is the time where we talk about whatever comes to mind. So, Mr. Schroeder, how has this quarantine been on you? Uh, have you done anything out of character lately? Um, aside from the usual, which... You know, last week I started whittling and knitting, but I've, this quarantine has been really hard on me. One, I just am losing my mind. My boys are destroying my house. Um, but I did something I never thought I'd do. I joined social media. And what, uh, what app did you, or uh, website did you join? Um, I joined Instagram. Why Instagram? I really have no clue, Mr. Murray. I have no idea. I feel like what 90 year old people feel like when they're trying to figure out the television remote. That's how I feel with my cell phone now, because I, I've posted two things, two videos I have people like talking to me on it, like texting, like, I guess it's not texting. They're like messaging me. And I don't, I just don't, I don't know how to use it. I don't know. I don't understand it. People are telling me you just take pictures and stuff and I get that, but so I don't do you know, know why I got people, it. Do you know these people know. who are commenting on your stuff and are they, are they wearing shirts in their profile pictures? Yeah. Yes. Actually, some are former students that I taught in Florida. So and I was always hesitant about that, like students getting my Instagram page, but I guess it's like inevitable, right? I mean, at some point they're going, like, they're hopefully going to listen to this podcast. I don't know. The whole social media thing stresses me out, freaks me out. So, I do not. I'm, I'm, I'm airing out everything for the world to see. I'm hoping to become Instagram famous. I want to be a social influencer. I hear oh, okay. it well. I like that journey for you. Yeah, Great. thank you. You're welcome. Does anyone have any good social media nightmares? 
Um, I have a story, but it didn't happen to me. Does that count? Absolutely. Yep. Any Absolutely. creepy DMs or creepy <laughs> encounters are encouraged on the show. What is a DM? Not to interrupt your story, Miss Van Alstyne. I'm going to let you tell, but I don't even know what a DM, what does DM mean? So it's a direct message from someone. So the things you've been getting. Yeah. Oh, those are the, so like the people that are sending me like texts through Instagram. Yes. Yeah. They're direct messages. They're DMs. That's a DM. I seriously don't know this, so I'm glad you guys are educating me. Okay, continue with your story, Miss Van Alstyne. Okay, so this actually happened to one of my friends. We were in college, I think we were freshmen. She lived on the same floor as me. And one evening I was just like sitting on my bed, watching a movie, scrolling through Facebook, and I stumbled upon a post from said friend that was a picture of her topless oh um like it was posted from her account and i was like oh my god i wonder if she knows this happened so i like run over to her room and she, this was like it had been posted for 20 minutes and she had all kinds of comments on it she said that she meant to send it to her boyfriend in a text but somehow it ended up posted on the facebook for the world to see for roughly 47 minutes Oof. So that's and rough. And I'm, I'm not now sure. deleting my Instagram. Right. Like, I don't know how you mistakenly post your picture to Facebook when it was meant to be texted to your boyfriend, but yeah. it happened. And I, I, was bet was, I bet she was trying to entice people to help her uh, harvest her Farmville crops. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Absolutely. You talked about the like the poke feature on Facebook after Mrs. V brought it up and how creepy that is. It's very I don't know creepy. What's that mean? I don't have Facebook anymore, but back when I did, I found it creepy. Well, yeah, I got rid of it too because I was getting poked all the time. Where <laughs> basically, if you can poke someone and you can press a button that says "poke Justin Schroeder," and then you get a notification that says "so and so pokes you," and obviously, this has potential to be extremely creepy. Wait, what did the like? What did the poke do? Nothing. It just says that you got a poke. You just and then got an alert that says Grayson poked you. Yeah, but then you get like that mental image of me physically poking you, and that's where it gets creepy. Yeah, no one likes a non-consensual poke. That's right. A, yeah. <laughs> Why would they do that? I, I, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's not, it's creepy. Uh, I don't care who it is, who gives the poke. It, it's creepy is what it is. Yeah. So, Miss Harpster, do you have, and Miss Van Alstyne, you guys both have, what social media do you have? Instagram and Twitter. Miss Van Alstyne? Uh, I have Instagram and Facebook. And I don't know, does Snapchat count as social media? I think so, right? I, the only people I snap are Miss Harpster and like my dad. Now, what's a snap mean? God, I seriously sound like a, I sound like a ninety-five-year-old man. It's the picture that you send to your friends in Snapchat. I don't know. Is that like the oh, right that's term? It? It's just okay. Snap. So what yeah. do I call like? Insta like am I sending a gram to somebody and Insta what am I sending just a picture you're just posting a picture oh, okay. just into the gram. So Instagram doesn't have any cool lingo like 
hey, I'm, I'm sending you an Insta right now or anything like that? that I mean, if, if you were a 12-year-old girl with a cup of Starbucks in your right hand, then yes, it makes <laughs> sense. But. So, so Ms. Harpster, I see you frequent Farmers Only from time to time too, don't you? I will. What? You probably frequent farmers only <laughs> from time to time too, right? <laughs> Post picture of your dairy cows, your butter churns, <laughs> your calloused uh, cow milking hands. I hate you. <laughs> We're all having fun here, right? Right, guys? Yeah, we are. No. So um, how do you... How do these people make money on Instagram? Because that's really, I mean, in all honesty, that's the only thing I'm concerned about is making money. I, I don't know. Like, it's just like people are, it's usually really attractive people in really cool city areas, taking pictures of themselves, right, strategically no gaining more followers, and then people start paying them to advertise is what I heavily photoshopped. So you have to get good at like making yourself thinner, tanner, you know. There ain't like no that. hope then. Here's the thing. Cause <laughs> a I, foundation. There's, I don't have, actually funny story, side note. My wife was like putting on makeup this morning and I was like joking with her. I'm like, ooh, putting on your foundation, I see. And she's like, how'd you know this was foundation? I'm like, I didn't, I just guessed. But I guessed right, it was foundation. I had no idea that that was a thing. Um, <laughs> So there are two people that I really look up to. Shout out to Bob Mennery. His stuff's not appropriate to say on our podcast. And then the Bat Dad. Have you guys ever seen Bat Dad? Yes. No. I would my love- husband thinks he is Bat Dad. Oh, I do the same. I will do that voice with my kids all the time, but I can't post that because then I'm copying that dude and I can't be a copycat. So it's, I feel like everything that would have made me money has been taken. So we got to create some sort of alternative dad form for you to do that's original. Right. And I don't know what that is. So, but yeah, I got social media. I'm really freaked out about it. You should be. I should be? It's a wild world out there. Oh, you're not helping me at all, Mrs. Van Alstyne. I, uh. Just don't post any topless selfies and you'll be fine. Well, nobody wants to see that. Um. I think also, I mean, since we're, it's lunch period, this uh, quarantine has made me question my parenting abilities. Why? Um, so homeschooling is really hard. And then just, I mean, I've got three boys and they're, they're, they're boys like to <laughs> the nth degree. I, we had just finished lunch. I was going, or no, this is after lunch, after nap, I'm walking upstairs. I go into my son's room and he's peeing on a pile of clothes. And I look at him and I say, what in the bleep are you doing? And he said, I couldn't make it to the bathroom. I'm dreaming. I said, those are, first of all, those are two totally different things. Second of all, you just took a nap an hour ago. Like you've been awake for an hour. <laughs> and then he started crying. So then I, I spanked him <laughs> and then he started crying more. And I, I mean, I didn't it, like, dude, what are you doing? Like, I'm just, it's been just stuff like that day after day after day. 
I like that he gave you two excuses and you got to pick your own, which one you believe. <laughs> right. In. It's like, so if he, if he just just stuck with the first one, he couldn't make it. I might understand that. Even that one, I probably wouldn't have understood because if you couldn't make it, you're at least running to the bathroom and there'd just be a streak of pee. True. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I'm dreaming would have been more, more believable. That could be my social media shtick is just a reality TV show of <laughs> my life in quarantine. Absolutely. Uh, anyway. All right, boys and girls, that final bell signifies the end of our podcast and probably an enjoyable time for you because this is over. Um, Mr. Murray, any final words? Uh, just last minute advice. You never want to buy a white cat. They're harder to see in the snow. It's a great point. Uh, Miss Harpster, Miss Van, Mrs. Van Alstein, thank you so much for being with us today. I'm sure you had a hundred other things you'd rather be doing, but you took time out of your day to, to spend it with us. Any words of wisdom for our listeners out there? You know, I just can't really top that advice that Mr. Murray gave. I kind of want people to just focus on that. So let's just leave them with that. Okay. Mrs. Van Alstein? I'm sticking with my nap advice. Take naps while you can. While you're a parent, you feel like a prisoner of war, and sleep deprivation as a form of torture is a thing. Preach. Uh, I really don't have any wisdom, mainly because I'm not smart. Uh, I guess God bless America. <laughs> <laughs>